Welcome to On the Record with White and Case. This is the podcast where we discuss life in big law, whether you're considering a career in big law, studying at law school, or already one of us. This podcast is where you can get to know our firm and our people. Expect tips and advice, insights into our work, and find out about what lawyers actually do all day. And in every episode, we'll go off the record with our guests for the lighter side of legal life. I'm Juliette Fernandez, and this is On the Record with White and Case. I'm here with Jonathan Michaels, based out of our New York office, partner in a capital markets practice. Hello. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm great to be here on the pod today. Thank you for having me. Um, Jules, just to start out, love what you've done here with this pod. Um, I think it's a great tool. So I'm really looking forward to talking with you today. I'm super excited to have you on today. I think when I was first putting together the idea, like two or three years ago, I ran it by you over martinis multiple times. Um, So now we're here and get to do it. And you're my first partner spotlight. So I'm super excited. Um, And when I was thinking about having you on, I was really thinking about how cool your story is and how many years you've been at the firm and how you've grown up with the firm. So a little background on you, and then we'll kind of dive into some of my questions. Um, but you were a summer associate here in 2006, right? And then you joined permanently in 2007. That is right. So um, summer 06, joined the firm, um, had an amazing experience over the course of our summer. Um, that summer class still are some of my closest friends, both at White and Case and outside the firm. Um, was a no-brainer for me after the summer to come back to White and Case the first year. Um, it was giving me everything I really kind of thought I wanted from a firm. Started in 07 and haven't looked back since. Made partner in 2016 and snap of the fingers, here we are doing a podcast about my my long tenured career at Wayne Case, which is, uh, it's wild to think about because it actually feels like it's gone really quick. Um, but it's been an incredibly uh, rewarding and great experience here from the very beginning. And you touched on it already, but I think it's so cool that a lot of your class is still here and they're partners with you and you've grown up together. How has that kind of experience been and how has that kind of reiterated why White and Case has been a place that you've wanted to spend the majority of your career? Yeah, it's kind of surreal, actually. Um, That entire summer class kind of had this really interesting bond that it felt like it um, uh, kind of brought us together over the course of that summer. Um, And somebody was actually asking me because of the fact that I think we have 13 of those summers are now partners of White and Case, which is such a high number. It's incredible. Um, And I guess it was last summer when we were doing a presentation to the summer class about you know, why do you guys think there's so many of your summers who are still Hawaiian case and still partners at the firm? And, you know, I think a large part of it is we had such a good network of people, but then also went through some challenging times together because we started in 07. And two years later, we had the downturn, right? So the work kind of went away and we all kind of looked to each other for support and reassurance and that we're all in this together. And we kind of came out of that, I think, stronger than we even were when we came out of our summer. And so we all had kind of this great connection to each other, but also the firm that I think has had everyone very committed to being a part of this for the long term. Um, And it was interesting because we were having this conversation with the summers last summer, and I was kind of thinking, hey, you guys actually are not in such a dissimilar position, right? Really weird time in the world. 
there's an argument to be made that that's actually something that's going to be really unique that might bring you guys together the same way we got brought together by this downturn in 2009, 2010. I want to stay actually with you on that topic of what it was like to be a junior associate during those times, because I really hadn't made that connection. And I feel like it's so true because we're kind of in the same situation. What were some of your biggest takeaways on how to like really just dig down and make it through those years as a junior with everything being in transition and the firm being in transition? Flexibility, adaptability, having confidence in your own own skills. If you have the skills of doing the job right and well, you can find the work will ultimately be there. So you don't get caught up in these short duration downturns or busyness or lack of utilization because eventually this all kind of falls into the right place. You find your place, right? Like I can tell you without a doubt that when I started as a summer associate and when I came back as a first year associate, I had no idea what corporate group I wanted to be in, right? I knew I wanted to do transactional work. I was kind of a finance major in undergrad. But when you talk to me about capital markets versus M&A versus bank finance, it was kind of like, hey, it's a jump ball in a lot of respects. I didn't start doing high yield debt, which is now my primary practice, until I was probably a fourth or fifth year associate. I was doing bank finance. I was doing M&A. I was doing equity capital markets. And then I kind of stumbled into a high yield deal where I really loved the work. I liked the people I was working with. But it came mid-level associate years when I started to do that. And so you shouldn't stress about, I think, what oftentimes are near-term hiccups or roadblocks, right? Be flexible, go where the work is, go where the people you want to work with are, are working, go meet people at the firm, go work with different people, use as an opportunity, right? Ultimately, you'll find yourself in the right spot. Um, it's hard in the moment, though. I get that that's hard, right? And I can say that now because I'm like, great, look where it ended up. I'm super happy. But if I, I mean, if I was, if I was talking to my second year self, he'd be like, hey, Jonathan, shut up. Like, you have no idea what I'm going through right now. I'm super stressed. It's not going to be okay. And I'd be like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. But I get it. It's hard. Um, but I would just say, you know, at the end of the day, um, the, the firm is here to support the development of its people. And even in tough times, I think we've always come out of it stronger. And if you have confidence in that and your own abilities, uh, I think you'll do well here, regardless of short-term hiccups. It's true. And it's really what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the more you're able to just capitalize on being able to get into those exploratory work experiences and working with people in other offices and working with partners and associates, it only benefits you. And when I thought about doing partner spotlights and talking to someone who's, you know, been homegrown, part of it too is getting your advice or your tips on, you know, how do you find the work as a junior? The firm has great systems and infrastructure in place to ensure that no matter what group you're in, you have workflow, you have opportunities to get diverse assignments with different partners and associates in your group. So you'll always be able to get work across the board. Um, but you should take an ownership role in that, right? Like, I mean, it, it don't just always let it come to you because it will come to you and that's fine. Um, I let it come to me probably a little bit more than I would, if I did it over again, I would be more actively saying, hey, you know, I'd really like to work on this matter with you. I saw this was 
you know, this big financing transaction for this M&A deal. It seems super interesting to me. Because um, I can tell you now, seeing in the shoes of, from a partner perspective, I love when associates come and say, I'm super interested in that high-yield bond deal you did because of X, Y, Z. Immediately, I'm like, I want that person on my deal because if you're interested at the outset, it means you're going to be eagerly involved. You're going to be actively engaged in the process and the deal, and your work's going to be better because you're interested in it. And I know that out of the gate. And so, you know, naturally, when people say that, you're you're inclined to say, let me get the person who's already shown me interest in my deals on a matter with me. So, you know, there's definitely no downside of making your uh, desired work um, known to people. I think people encourage it and support it. I can certainly tell you that I kind of wish I had done that more. Along that same line, I think it's kind of human nature for you to seek out a mentor or someone who helps you along in your career and you can turn to and ask questions on the record, off the record. How important was that to you in your career? And how early is too early to get a mentor if there is even an early part to do that? There's no too early to having a mentor, but I almost don't even like talking about it in the singular, right? I don't think one mentor is the right play. I think you want to have a couple of different mentors across different aspects of your career. Um, Because you have different questions for different types of mentors, right? You have people who are, hey, for me, I had you know partners I worked with and a couple in particular who were great mentors to me in terms of teaching me how to do the work, right? Like they were experts at negotiating a covenant package and they would pass that down to me. Super important, right? You need to be able to do the underlying work in order to be good at your job. But I would say there's other partners, different partners who I would look to and say, hey, I really like how you've developed your client base. Like, how have you done that? Like, what's the right way to approach bank X or private equity sponsor Y for us to try to build relationship with them? It's not necessarily the same person, right? And then there's other stuff, which is like not even the work-related stuff. Like, hey, somebody who you kind of maybe isn't even in your group, who you just are friends with or close with or trust or whatever it may be. And you're like, I'm just kind of struggling personally. Can we chat about like, have you, how do I kind of push through this? Right. So I would say that it's super important to have mentors like that. Um, And again, I think there's a couple different ways you develop them, right? There's formal systems in place where you have mentorship circles and, you know, assigned um, onboarding integration associates and partners who are there for you to um, use as sounding boards for questions. But then there's more, and I think more valuable, the informal ones who you develop based on people you meet over a drink down at Del Frisco's or people you meet at a summer event or whatever it may be, right? Those are the conversations that oftentimes lead to strong personal relationships and people that you then end up counting on for a lot of difficult questions. I also would say mentors don't necessarily need to be partners, right? Or somebody senior to you. In some ways, having just a sounding board of somebody who is, you know, knows where you're, knows the situation you're in, knows where you're going through, knows the people in your life is equally as important. It's never too soon to be building those relationships. I think they're really important to 
develop your career and to manage what, you know, should be some great times and some difficult times. Like those are when you need it most. I totally agree with you um, on mentor not being singular. I think it's right to always have robust number of people in your life professionally and personally that kind of you can talk through through any of those times like you mentioned. Something I think about and I think as part of we demystifying partners at law firms, when did you know that you wanted to be a partner at the firm? What was that like what led you to that evolution? I always wanted to make make partner white in case. When, we, when I got the offer as a summer associate, I'm like, this is where I want to be. And my goal out of the gate was if you can get to making partner here, like that's a that's the that's the end game. Like that's the goal. Like that's where I wanted to be. And that was right day one. Now I thought at that point it was, you know, a, a Hail Mary, right? Like, wow, wouldn't that be incredible to be a partner at White and Case? And once I started to develop into, you know, mid second, third, fourth, mid-level associate years. And then you start to like see the the runway, right? I feel like I'm developing well. I really think the partners I'm working with are giving me great opportunities to take on more responsibility, to lead client interactions. And you start to get more comfortable in the role and feeling like, wait, this is not something that's unattainable. This is actually something that's within reach. And you can see the path there. And then interestingly enough, you make partner and you're like, oh, that's the goal. And you realize, wow, I'm just starting. But people think of it as this peak and then, oh, it's all smooth down from there. But then you realize that actually it's really just the, a starting point. It's another place to build from. Um, and I still feel like I'm at the early stages of that now. I mean, it wasn't, I, I say I made a partner five years ago and that's crazy to me because I, you could tell me I made partner one year ago, and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm still figuring it out. We all are. And you don't have all the answers. And if you accept that and you kind of grow with it, it can be super exciting. But I thought from day one, I wanted to be partner at White Case, which I think is a little interesting because I feel like a lot of people now, not to say they don't want to make partner, but I think a lot of people now don't necessarily want to commit to that being the one goal, right? I think people now think of it as, Yes, that would be great, but option B and option C would also be great. I want to keep my options open, which, you know, it's not a wrong answer either, but I think it's a little different than the way I was thinking about it when I started. For sure. And I think it has to do too with just kind of the evolution of law and business. And there's so many other opportunities too. You can go be counsel. You can do, you know, a secondment. You can stay with your secondment. You can keep that relationship. And it might have already always been there. I just think there's a lot more, um, it's a lot more visible these days that you can take kind of different routes. Um, so to make it a little personal, there's so many people that kind of support you throughout your law school days and, you know, parents hearing about all of that stuff. And then your summer associate and you're making your way. So who was the first person you told that you were making partner? <laughs> Uh, that is a really good question. I have not thought about that. I, I, I think I know the obvious answer is my parents. I definitely think they were my first call, but you know, we then did, um, this great dinner, uh, that my, my parents had arranged where a bunch of my friends from growing up and from college and my family was there. We had this room rented out and, um, 
do like a toast, like a celebration of this great achievement. You made partner white and case and people started to make toasts, which quickly, I mean, I guess it's not really surprising if you know me, became a brutal roast. <laughs> and it was just like, every, I think every speech started with, I don't know how you possibly did this. <laughs> like against all odds, Jonathan is a alive and B actually made partner white in case. This is outrageous. Um, but it was a cutting through all that. It was an amazing experience to just see, like you said, all these people around you who have supported this from, you know, the late nights or the difficult, um, cancellations of plans on weekends to have that all pay off with this moment of making partner um it's really it was an incredible feeling and then having those people around to celebrate that was also something that was really special i can only imagine and i would pay a million dollars to be a fly on the wall of that room toast turn roast um <laughs> but now we're here on your career timeline you've made partner you're you know the goods at weighing case can you give me like a one minute one minute 30 elevator pitch of what it means to be a capital markets partner i think our capital markets practice is uh an incredibly a diverse practice where a lot of different subsections sit under the umbrella of capital markets. Essentially, what capital markets is, it's a practice that's primarily centered around um, advising and assisting, whether it's companies or financial institutions or private equity sponsors in accessing sources of money. Um, and there's a lot of different forms that that can take. You can go issue your stock, your equity to the market. People do IPOs. You see follow-on equity offerings. That's a way to raise capital via equity financing. We also see issuers and companies and banks all the time raising money by issuing debt. Um, and the debt capital market subsection uh, focuses on advising market participants in the debt capital markets transactions. And those can take a lot of different forms as well. You can have companies that are investment grade companies um, that are you know, well-seasoned, very reputable blue chip companies who access the capital markets all the time by issuing investment grade debt. And you also have some uh, lower grade companies that are more speculative that issue high yield debt. Um, that's where our debt capital markets, that's where my practice sits more uh, most of the time, which is really high yield debt issuances um, where we are advising banks and companies in uh, negotiating the terms of what those debt instruments look like, the restrictions and covenants that are uh, applicable to a company by doing those types of issuances um, and various other types of financing packages that are linked to uh, debt instruments. It allows us to sit at what I think is a really interesting intersection of the entire firm. Um, so for me, and last year kind of, uh, I think, had this play out more than ever before, we were working on deals where 
you're working together with amazing people across the entire firm from our bank finance team when we're doing a financing package to our M&A team doing an acquisition to our restructuring team and our FRI guys in connection with a uh, a restructuring matter. Um, but it allows us to see so many different lenses and angles of the firm. I'm in capital markets by name only, but we're actually doing a lot of different interesting stuff across the entire firm network, which for me, I think allows for a really amazing opportunity to um, work with a lot of great people at White and Case, work a lot of great offices at White and Case, do a lot of really interesting matters um, and always keep it new, right? Like that's, I think, one of the things that keeps us coming back for more, right? No day is the same as the last, right? They're all going to be something where we're doing an interesting kind of cutting edge, innovative transaction or structure, and we're at the forefront of it. Uh, White and Case is at the forefront of it. Capital markets right, is right in the mix of it. Um, and I think that allows us to do a lot of really exciting work. Thanks. I think that's super helpful. But as a partner too, you wear a kind of a couple of different hats. Um, and you've taken on a lot of the uh, spirit for the New York office. You're on the New York Workplace Committee. So explain a little bit of what, what that is, um, because I think when you think about a law firm, you obviously think first and foremost about the work and the people that are there. But we also have a lot of fun. We're surrounded by very, very smart people that are high workers, high productivity, but we also know how to have a little bit of fun. So why why is that important to you in terms of sitting on the New York Workplace Committee and building all of those internal events? And um, what's exciting about it? I'm the chair of the New York Workplace Committee and the goal, the ambitious goal of the New York Workplace Committee is to essentially create in the New York office a vibrant, collegial, supportive, and engaged place that our people think is a great place to work. How do you facilitate ensuring everyone's getting the most um, out of the experience of being a part of the White and Kiss family? So we're doing everything from our chosen charity to uh, we're supporting diversity and inclusion initiatives. We're doing um, a best practices around work allocation, and uh, we're doing an alternate career path study to our point earlier. Are there other ways to be thinking about the law firm life between associate, associate, associate partners? Are there more creative ways? Are there things that align more with how our law students and summer associates and first year associates really think about their careers? Should we be adapting and evolving? Doing all that, we're trying to tackle these really, they're not easy questions, right? But they're important for us to talk about. But I think most importantly now um, is creating this energy around our reentry to the workplace. We're now in the US, we're now encouraging our people to return to the office a couple of days a week, create anchor days. I personally think that's so important because. So much of the enjoyment that I've had at White and Case has been because of the people I'm side by side with, both doing the work, but then also getting lunch, doing happy hour, doing client dinners, doing big closing events. That's what makes the job fun along with the work, which is interesting. Don't dread coming back to the office. Be excited about it because it's so much of what it means to be part of White and Case. It's it's seeing the people that you're working together with and it's being together. And that's what culture is about. 
love what you said about the workplace committee. And I agree with you. I think there's so much to be gained from being in the office. I think obviously there's benefits of working on a flexible or agile work schedule, but so much of how you grow and so much of your relationships really happen, you know, walking down the halls or going downstairs. So really love that. And I think it's a perfect pivot for us to go off the record with Jonathan Michaels for a moment that might've been funny in your career or something you just want to talk to us about. Yeah, no, it's a really good question. It's a tough question, but you know, one thing I think off the record that I am fairly surprised about is how much of my career has been spent doing event planning. Um, and I know that sounds crazy, but um, there are so many different aspects of the job that are, I guess, once you step outside of practicing law, that are so important around trying to plan these events um, and whatever else it may be to bring people in the office together. And you know, one that just came to mind that I think arguably could be one of the shining achievements of my career was when I tried to uh, expand the White and Case brand outside of the practice of law and bring it into the hospitality industry. Um, and the way this all came about is that I had this concept of what we call the White and Case Bar and Grill, W and C, B and G. And the thinking behind it was, you know, like cheers style bar, like a place at White and Case where everyone knows your name. And every Thursday, five o'clock, the White and Case Bar and Grill opened its doors and it was open to anybody, partners, associates, business services, legal assistants, practice assistants, finance team, whoever, it didn't matter. If you showed up at the White and Case Bar and Grill, you knew you had a friendly face there to have a drink with after a long day at work. And I had no idea people were going to buy into that, but it became super popular. I think it was a way to bring every section of the office together um, over the course of a summer and into the fall, which you know I thought was just so important. It was so much fun for us to do. And I'm in the process now of trying to roll out a White and Case Bar and Grill brings you a White and Case Musician Spotlight concert series when we come back to the office in the fall. But I guess the real summary of it all was... Um, you kind of have to, I, I find that the, by, off the record is, you know, you have to spend a lot of time doing things that might be outside of the ordinary course of work. And uh, so I, I, I really do appreciate how much that's become a big part of my day to day. And, you know, I look forward to seeing you all at a future White and Case Bar and Grill when we roll it out in a forthcoming summer or fall as new associates roll in. I love that. And I have in my day partaken in a couple of these white and case BNGs and I can attest to them just being a great time for you to celebrate achievements, talk about the day, meet other colleagues. Um, and I actually think it ties in really well with what you said earlier about so much of your mentoring happening in informal settings. Um, it's occasions like this where you get to meet people that you might not have had the chance to interact with. So keep dreaming big. Hope to hear more about the latest BNG and when it is coming back. It's been an absolute blast talking to you. Thank you so much for all of your wise words and for being on the podcast and for supporting the podcast from day one. No, I uh, I couldn't be happier to be a part of this. If you'll have me, I'd love to be a recurring guest. I have a lot of other stories that I filtered out, but uh, hey, anytime you need me, I can come back and we could, uh, we'll chat about what's going on. Thanks again.
You can find out more about our work, our people, and the opportunities we offer at inside.whitecase.com and on our social media channels on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. On the Record is for you, our listeners, so we want to hear from you. Email your thoughts, questions, and topic ideas to us at the address in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss out on our next episode.